Hi there, and welcome to the Oompal.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for episode number 49, it is my pleasure to bring to you a chat with Luca Di Piazza of Neatpipes.com fame. I've known Luca for quite a few years now, and I've been waiting to get him recorded. What a fascinating guy and major player in the pipe world. This podcast is made possible by Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. Of course, you already have a subscription to the legendary Pipes and Tobacco's magazine, right? Right? Well, on the extreme, and I do mean extreme chance, that you don't. Go to PipesandTobaccosMagazine.com and start your subscription now. And hey, while you're there, you can even order back issues. Or you could also pick up one of the 2013 Pipes of the Year by Rad Davis. How cool is that? You can also call their 1-800 number to do all this. That's 800-346-7469. On my plane ride out to the Kansas City show this year, I read the latest from cover to cover. And this was the one with the amazing Nate King steampunk pipe on the cover. I love Nate's work. Hey, I loved every page, but especially loved the interviews of Joe Skoda and Nate King. Fascinating stuff. Then I get to the show and get to see their work in person. Heck, Joe had a table right next to mine, and Nate's was just down the aisle. If you're not going to these shows, you're really missing out. If you're not getting Pipes and Tobacco's magazine delivered to your mailbox each and every issue, you're really, really missing out. So get to it and let me know that I have prodded you in the right direction. The following podcast was recorded at the 2013 Chicago Pipe Show. Sit back, grab a pipe, and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. Luca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Luca, before we get into your life with pipes, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live, how old you are, your background, your family, things like that. Okay, good. I am, uh, well, I live in Milan, where my business is based and where I have my uh, studio. Uh, I'm 31 this year, and I started the business when I was 18, uh, working for uh, a store in Milan, another company. Um, my family was not involved in the business when I, uh, when I started, so it's just like my own business at all. Uh, and I, what what was your business like when it first started when you were oh i when i started in 2000 it was 2000 the year 2000 well actually it was 1999 so i i was not even a 18 and i was asked by uh, a pipe collector to make a website his name is uh, was franco bolognese most of uh, american collectors of daniel and castello knows him uh, he had a great collection, and he, he uh, wanted to sell some of his pipes on the web, and I designed a website for him. After a few months, he introduced me to uh, one of the stores where he was used to get pipes in Milan, and I designed and managed uh, the web store for them. And that's how I started to get relations with uh, pipe factories and pipe carvers. The very first one was Castello, so I have to say that I've been lucky because my very first pipe, the first pipe I smoked when I was 18 was a Castello collection wow. 4K. <laughs> so 
It's not very that's easy. A, that's a good way to start. Yeah, for an 18-year <laughs> uh, young guy to start with a Castello Pine. Wow. Yeah. So how did you make that connection, that very first connection? How did he know you? Oh, it was something uh, quite strange because I, I don't really remember, but it was thanks to a friend that told him that I was designing some ugly websites at that time. And he was just looking for someone to make something simple and, and cheap. Okay, so he came to you as a web designer. Yeah. Did you already smoke pipes at no, that time? No, I really didn't know anything about pipes at that time. I just knew that it was a piece of wood with uh, uh, some holes on it and you can smoke tobacco in, on, on a pipe, but I have no idea. My grandfather was used to smoke, to smoke pipes uh, but my grandfather died before I, uh, when I was very, 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 uh, when I was a child, I was not even one year old, so I have no uh, remembers about him. Uh, so nothing was related with pipes in my life. Okay, so you were a you were a web designer who kind of came to pipes because somebody said, hey, do this. Uh, a pipe website for me and then once you did that you got a little bit more interested from that point yeah not really with franco because he was just uh asking me to make the the web design uh, i was not involved in the business with him but when he introduced me to the store in milan i started to manage everything for them from uh, a little and little by little i also started to do uh to do buyer to the buyer for them, so I was sent to Castello to buy pipes for that for them. Wow! Yeah, and after that, I was picturing the pipes, uh, doing the website, keeping the contacts, uh, sending emails, and sometimes I still had those emails, uh, and I go to have a look at those. I, I, what I was writing at that time, it was terrible because I really knew anything about pipes at that time. Uh, and But I had, I had a great mentor who, is, who was Franco, Franco Bolognesi, uh, who unfortunately died in 2006. Uh, and one of the owners of the store also taught, taught me uh, a lot of things about pipes, especially Daniel Castello. So um, from that point when you started to manage the store, what happened next? In 2002, the store, uh, the, the owner of the store decided to close. And I was really into the business at that time, and I really had a lot of contacts. I was, uh, for my own life, I was studying architecture, uh, which is my second big passion at the moment. Uh, and um, I was working as for, for this store, as I told you, uh, in 2002, they decided to close the store, and it was really sad for me because I was going to lose every uh, connection, every contact. Uh, I never attended a show at that time, uh, but thanks to the owner of this store, he sold me, uh, I think a dozen or maybe 24 estate pipes, estate Daniel and Castello. Uh, and I opened uh, neatpipes.com on uh, June 18, uh, 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, that okay. was the start of Neat Vibes with just a bunch of the nice estate vibes. Yeah. And so uh, you started off with with just a dozen or so estate pipes from this from this old from the shop that was closing. Yeah. At what point? So after that, um, how did you branch out into selling more brands that were new pipes? It was just uh, a lot of situation coming in. I started to attend uh, a few pipe shows and started to get contacts with Italian pipe makers first and get some good uh, friendship with some of them. One of the very first was uh, Maurizio Tombari of Le Nuvole, who is probably, is the, we have a great relation since 2002 when uh, I met him. And one of the very first uh, pipe maker I started to have business with, uh, beside Castello, was uh, Tonino Iacono. I started to do business with him in 2003. So it's 10 years this year. And uh, I always had a great, uh, a great uh, consideration uh, of him. So, um, besides the folks that you've mentioned so far, who else have you kind of um, gotten to know over the years and and represented through Neatpipes.com? Uh, since two thousand two until two thousand six. Uh, I had a very strong relation with uh, the Castello factory, with Franco Coppo. Uh, it was great because he really helped me a lot with a lot of suggestion. And having Castello through my, my brands was really uh, amazing. Uh, something happened at, after 2000, 2007, 2008, something around that time. And I decided to open uh, that. That I, I, I realized that um, it was not enough for for me to stop to just those uh, few brands. So I decided to open uh, to get connection with other pipe makers uh, in Italy. And I one of the others big factories in well workshops, not factory. Um, in uh, in Italy, uh, it's in, it is close to Castello. Is the Radice workshop that you visited in two thousand nine, where when we did the the pod podcast, yeah, uh, they were uh, one of my first big connection in two thousand six, and we started to work together in two thousand six, and I became a Radice retailer. Uh, almost right away when I decided to open my first store in uh, in Milan. Excellent, and uh, that was such a that was such a great time coming out there to to visit uh, the Radice workshop and having you there was was just amazing. Um, there's no way I could have gotten that podcast um, without you, and I really appreciate it. It was it was really a once in a lifetime opportunity for me and my wife. To actually be there in the workshop and and talk to you and the Radices, it was just amazing, just amazing. So, it, you listeners out there, if you haven't heard it yet, go back to one of the old podcasts. Uh, it's from 2009, so it's a very early one. Back when Luca helps me out to uh, interview the Radice family, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, what has your family or friends thought about your business with pipes over the years? Do they 
Did they think, wow, this is really strange or wow, this is really interesting or what has been some of the reaction with your friends and your family? Yeah, in the beginning, uh, well, my family always supported me in the business uh, with a lot of uh, good words and they were really surprised in the beginning for what I was trying to do, uh, but they never tried to change my way, you know. Uh, about my friends, uh, yeah, some of them uh, told me, wow, that's very strange, pipes, pipes, what? What are you doing? Uh, but most of them uh, realized that it was very interesting business. It was really interesting stuff and objects. And I also have a few friends starting smoking pipes after I get involved in the business. So it was really, really, really nice. They were, they have always been very nice. And actually, after 12 years, they're used to that. They're used to my travels around the world. They're used to, uh, for me to go out of Milan for quite long periods and they think I'm lucky to travel that much and I, I think I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I bet it's a, a kind of a toll too. I bet it's kind of hard sometimes too though, yeah? Yeah, sometimes it's quite hard to be out of uh, your place for weeks, yeah, uh, especially where you're not traveling for holidays and you are uh, in uh, Chicago with a lot of great people but with a very cold uh, and rainy days like like this but that that's fine that's fine i really really enjoy to do this so traveling for uh, business is never a problem for me how did the radice chubby billiard come to be this is one of my favorite pipes of all time tell me how that started like how did you come up with the idea and w where did all that come from yeah i was still um working with uh, Frank, with Castello and we, I was still having relationship with them uh, at that time and uh, I started to mm, have a conversation with Craig Pease about the nose warmer the shape 10 and the 55 which is one of my favorite uh, Castello I will tell you about my collection a little bit later maybe um, and I realized it was 2000, 2006, and I realized that uh, probably the shape 10 uh, of Castello, this, the, the nose warmer, the brucia nose in Italian, was one of the shapes that I was very attracted from, from the proportion uh, of that pipe. But there was something that was not really satisfying me in that pipe. It was probably too long for me. Uh, so I decided to design my own chubby billiard. Uh, as I told you, in that period I started to uh, visit and get in contact with uh, the Radiches, and I realized that they were the good one to try to make a prototype and maybe a few pieces to sell on neat pipes. At that time my business was very small, and I was just able to sell a very few pieces through through the web. And I think I asked them to make six or eight chubby billiards for neat pipes. It was 2006 and I remember it was quite a longer a chubby, long, much longer than what, what it is now and it was with a taper bit and that's what that was the first the, the first version uh, the chubby billiard number one. Uh, well it, it got 
a great success over the web and I, I sold the eight pipes in 12, 15 minutes on the web. Wow. So I said, wow, what, what's going on? People really like these pipes. So uh, I was smoking it for a while and I wrote something about the smoking qualities uh, of the stubbies and sh uh, chubby pipes were not that popular and that um, famous at that period. Uh, even if you can, you, you were already able to find some few pieces around, especially as I told you, the turn of Castello and some downhill also. Uh, so I asked Radice to make a few more. And since then, we started to make good numbers. They started to make good numbers of this shape, and I started to sell it and got the pipe for my store. Uh, I was not involved in the in representing the brand over the world, all over the world. So uh, they gave me the exclusive of the shape uh, for for the chubby billiard. That was two thousand six, and uh, we had good sales on that pipe for three years till two thousand nine, doing some changing uh, changes uh, in the shape, making it a little bit shorter and a little bit smaller and with best proportion, uh, better proportions. Uh, and Greg Pease was involved in that one too? No, he was not involved in this one. Uh, that was something that came out for me. I was not... Uh, the, our first cooperation with the Pease di Piazza came out a few years later. Uh, we just uh, were having uh, fun, having conversation, having uh, some promotion of the chubbies. Mm -hmm. Around, uh, but we we don't even thought about making a, a design together. And how did that come about? How did you guys actually decide to? Yeah, let's do a, a design together. Yeah, uh, we that was coming from uh, our uh, passion for the chubbies and for the pots and for thick wood uh, pipe, and we realized that we had similar ideas, similar but different on a certain point uh, so sometimes uh, Greg showed me showed me uh, some uh, designs that he made and I was showing him some sketches for myself and we said why don't we can why don't we try to put to reality to turn to reality one of these uh, ideas that we have and we just had a try with uh, uh, the Ruben, the first Ruben Rhodesian uh, and we asked Radice to make to make uh, a few prototypes for that. It was a very long job, a very long job because we were never really satisfied for with the with the prototypes. And I really drove the Radice family and my good friend Marzio uh, crazy over that vibe, <laughs> really crazy. Yeah, I think he, he was couldn't... going to hate me and, and Greg. And Greg for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was it was a tough prototype to get through until you got it exactly where you wanted it. Yeah, and the nice story is that after we got exactly what we wanted, the pro one of the two prototypes was sent to well, the prototype was sent to Greg, and the Italian post lo uh, lost the package. So we have to start again from zero. <laughs> oh my goodness! They lost the package. <laughs> yeah, they lost the package. Oh no! Yeah. 
Yikes. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, that's your only prototype, and now it's gone. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, After yeah. all that time. Yeah. The the Rubens Rhodesian um, is just a beautiful, lovely, plump pipe, and I'm lucky enough to actually have one of those. Um, tell me about the other Pies di Piazza pieces that you guys came up with together. Yeah. After after the, the first Ruben Rhodesian, we decided to make a, a quarter band version of the pipe. Uh, well, it was a stride, the second one was a stride version of the pipe. Um, and then we really had a lot of fun on, on this project because uh, I have to say that the pa part of uh, the cooperation uh, on the design is made by Greg, who always uh, put his ideas on the table and then just do the part of the picky one that say, oh, I'd like this, I don't like this, and we can change some part of the shape. And But uh, I am in, my, my main job in this cooperation is to turn some ideas into reality and to fight with the pie maker to turn it because it's uh, it, it's not very easy to uh, take the pie maker uh, to turn a sketch into reality. Uh, sometimes it's like they cannot, uh, they need to put their own uh, part, their own ideas in what you uh, design. Uh, but that was not our our original original project. Uh, we really wanted our design, mm -hmm. and unfortunately for Radice, they didn't have to put any of their uh, part in the in the, in the right. And that's yeah. difficult, really, for the for the yeah maker. Yeah. Um, so what other what other shapes did you guys come out with? Uh, we had the John Buck. Uh, it was another very successful pipe, and it was the last one we made with the Radicas a few a couple of years ago. Uh, that was the last. The June bug was the last one. Yeah, yeah. And how many of those are out there floating around? You know. Uh, yeah, uh, the three series, the three series of the Ruby Rhodesian one, two, and the Jump bug was made in uh, one hundred pieces only. So numbered pipes. So there are only three hundred uh, pieces di piazza. This the Piazza Corporation around. Wow. Yeah, only. And we also made uh, three, um, this, uh, four, sorry, four designs for the Luciano brand. Uh, it, we designed four stubbies, a band poker, a bulldog, a chubby apple, and a chubby Dublin. And there are a few more of those pipes, I think around 200 pieces around for each shape. Uh, and not numbered, uh, and those were very nice too and quite popular. Tell me about the Luciano line. How did that start, and how does it work? Because I know this is kind of like your brand. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that. How did it start, first of all? I had this idea in 2007 uh, when I was looking for um, a cheaper pipes to offer to uh, some of my customers, especially in, uh, in, uh, in China, where I started uh, to represent some Italian brands. Uh, some of my Chinese customers were, were asking to get a, a cheaper but still very good pipe from Italy uh, to offer to their customers. Uh, over there, uh, so I was really looking around in Italy to get 
lower priced uh, pipe uh, compared to what I was adding business with. Uh, so it was Radice, Don Carlos and uh, Yacon at that time. Uh, but I have not, I never, I've never been able to find uh, something that was really satisfying, satisfying me. Uh, so what my idea was, why I, I, I can do that. I can ask the cooperation of some pipe makers and some carvers, maybe some unknown carvers, and I can put a, a good pipe together. Let's see what's what, what going on, what's come out from uh, this idea and what's the quality on the pipe. And we, we, we realized that, I realized that the project, the project was really, um, that could be really done and the re results of, uh, of the cooperation uh, was going to be a, a good pipe. The very first Lucianos in 2007-2008 were sold only in China. Uh, after that I started to uh, do more designs for the shapes uh, and started to open them to the US market when I started to represent Radice in 2008. I also started to represent, uh, to offer the Luciano line uh, through a few stores in, uh, in the US. And I really got a great uh, welcome from uh, people here in the US. I registered the brand name, uh, having some problems with uh, Luciano Pavarotti because they got the name first for all over the categories and and brands all over no the United kidding, States, yeah. but they were not making pipes, so they were not they were not allowed to do that. And I finally got the brand name uh, a couple of years ago. So Luciano is defi definitely uh, it's a copyrighted thing, and now pipes. it's yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's absolutely. great. So who who um, who makes Luciano pipes? Luciano pipe—it's not a secret. Uh, Luciano pipe are uh, made with machine turn poles that uh, are hand finished by, how to say, unknown. I don't like the word, but unknown carver. They are not famous carvers. Mm -hmm. They are uh, people that can make pipes, can work very good with pipes, but they are no, not known, the names are not well known. And the drilling on this pipe, just to have something very perfect, is made by Radice. Still made by Radice. I'm trying to find some other different ways, because they are always very, very busy, and they cannot follow all the, all the, the, the works I need to do, so I'm trying to find other ways. So, uh, Radice, do, do they drill all of them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the drilling's done by Radice yes. family, and then they're finished by carvers who, yeah. who you basically subcontract yeah. out to that you know personally, yeah. Yeah. And, and you oversee absolutely. all of that. All of that, and they do the quality control on all of the pipes. I also select the briar, uh, and I guarantee that the briar stands and season for at least two years uh, under my, my eyes. So I can guarantee for that. I can guarantee for that. And listeners, if uh, if you're not familiar with how Luca works, he is incredibly particular about overseeing every single little thing. And I know this because when I was in Italy, um, I got to watch him work alongside the Rudice family um, on grading 
and Luca's eye and Luca's uh, focus is is such that he he really knows what he wants. He really knows what he is after, and he has a, a, a great breadth of knowledge about pipes, obviously. And so, um, watching him working out grading with pipes really uh, gave me a better understanding as to. Um, how his mind works and what he's looking for, what he's looking at, and how incredibly intense he is about quality. Um, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about um, the business of pipes, and there's one side of it that is, um, you know, marketing and getting uh, a product to market. But the other side of that is that if you do this for any amount of time and you want return customers, you have got to have quality control and you've got to to produce something that makes sense in the market and that is is something that people are going to come back for and and that is the key here i think of not just radice pipes but everything that luca touches because um he controls that and he's on top of that type of stuff and it's it's i've been very fortunate to be able to see uh just even a small portion of that but anyway um so the Luciano line is is now starting to really take off. Um, I, I'm starting to see it in more places. Um, I'm starting to see them getting snapped up um, in more places too. So it's a very it's uh, in from my angle, it's a very uh, inexpensive way to get a really nice pipe that's that comes out of um, the amazing craftsmanship of the Italian. Pipe makers. Yeah, my first my first idea was not to make a, a precious pipe, but my idea was to make a good pipe, a good pipe to smoke for and a very affordable price. Because uh, being young, I realized that many young guys like like us cannot afford maybe uh, a very expensive pipes, and most of the time the basket pipes. I'm sorry to say that they are not great smokers, and I've had few friends that were only able to afford a 20 or 30 dollar pipe and they quit smoking after lighting that pipe for the first time. So I just wanted to avoid that from people because I think that uh, if you have good experience in the first time you will be uh, continuing continuing uh, the, the experience and the smoking quality. If you have a very bad smoke and the first time you say, wow, bad, that, that's bad, I don't like it, I, I just stop. Mm-hmm. And with the Lucianos, I just want to give the opportunity to have a good, uh, a good start, a right. good start, a good smoking experience. Do you ever make pipes yourself? I tried, I tried a couple of times, yeah. Supported by some pipe maker friends like yeah. Maurizio Tombari. Or the Radice guys. Did you keep I, any I, of them? I have the few I made. I, I have them. Yeah, I, I have them in my my collection. Did you stamp them a certain way? No, no, no. They are not stamped. Maybe the first one was stamped with knee pipes uh, uh, stamp, uh, but they are not stamped, and I just smoke them sometimes. Do you have a pipe collection? No, oh, I have. Yeah, I have a big pipe, pipe collection, <laughs> more than what I uh, can afford. <laughs> Tell me about it. How big is your pipe collection? I think I have uh, today about 450 pipes in my collection. I know that's a lot of pipes. 
So uh, tell me about some of the highlights, some of the ones that stand out in your mind in your collection. Like, whoa, that I can, you know, that's very, very special pipe. Uh, yeah, the, the, probably the most special. The most special pipe is uh, a Castello Estate Castello Great Line Fiammata 4K with a gold band that was left to me by Franco Bolognese, my, my as I told you, my mentor. Uh, I still have that piece and that piece will stay in my collection forever and I will not part for that piece because it's very important to me. That was the beginning of my pipe experience. So uh, that's probably the most important. But beside that piece, that pipe, that I don't even smoke because I'm terrified to burn it or f have it falling on the floor. So I, I, I just look at that pipe. Besides that pipe, I have many pieces that are quite important because some of them are gifts from friends uh, in the smoking, in the pipe world, and some gifts from pipe makers. I always keep uh, for myself and never sell uh, any pipe that someone gives to me. I just keep it. I will never sell it. Great, that's fantastic. And sometimes I get some pipes to to try from pipe makers, mm -hmm. uh, especially the ones I worked with uh, very uh, very strongly, like the Radice, the Torino uh, Iacono, and and others. And I have all of them, all of them. So let me ask you: If you're going to go smoke a pipe, are you going to smoke a straight pipe or a bent pipe? I'm going to smoke a straight pipe, a chubby, <laughs> all right, <laughs> a chubby straight pipe. Yeah. <laughs> So you you are really still hooked on the the small chubby straight pipes. Yeah, I'm still very very hot on that. Oh, I love yeah. them. I absolutely love them. I, I can't. You probably soon, the you, first time I saw those, I was like, "This is just perfect." Yeah, we were talking about the first version of the chubby billiard, and I didn't tell you about the second version, which was the one with a saddle bit, even shorter. It was a little bit more than. 10 centimeters long, but you probably know that uh, a couple of months, less than a couple of months ago, I uh, released the third version of the Chubby Billiard, the Aero Billiard. The Aero Billiard. Tell yeah. me about that. This is basically one with a second chamber. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. The idea was, I had the idea when I had been in, in St. Petersburg in November with a group of the Italian pipe makers. I represent in, uh, in in Russia. We went there to attend the pipe, the, the great St. Petersburg uh, pipe show, and uh, I was looking at some pipes on the tables, some pipes from Russian carvers, and I uh, I found a ravaging pipe, uh, which was featuring a calibre, an inverted calabash chamber. I, I was really I I I I, I was uh, I've heard about that, but I I, I never saw one uh, in person. So I really studied that pipe, and uh, I asked some people about the smoking quality, and people told me that it was very good, very different smoking pipe, smoking tool, very dry and very cool. I realized that from the proportion, from the size of the chamber. Uh, it could be done on on a straight classic pipe. So my first idea was to turn the inverted calabash uh, from the free form free form to a classic pipe. 
not really a chubby, but a classic pipe. Uh, and I started to make, to work on some designs and prototypes with the, with the Marcia, with the Radiches guys. And I had uh, basically a billiard made with an inverted calabash. And they made different, um, different uh, inverted, well, different calabash chamber uh, sizes. I realized that the perfect proportion proportion with the perfect sm uh, smoking quality is when you have one to one from the tobacco chamber and the calabash chamber. So suddenly I realized that it was a chubby. It was exactly the chubby I already had in my series. And so we decided to make the third version of the chubby billiard. So it's Excellent. the cala inverted calabash. Uh, system and people really appreciated that and really liked that and when did you release the arrow billiard i mean it just came out right yeah it was march 20 and and this is 2013 so if yeah. you're listening to this at a later date um that's right when those, those came out so those will be a big hit at the show i'm sure did you bring how many did you bring with you i have a 30 pieces at the show that i will start showing uh on saturday morning excellent the show excellent what is your favorite tobacco right now? Uh, I'm well. I'm really low with the Penzance uh, that it's very hard to find, uh, and I'm very lucky because I have a very huge. Uh, uh, how you say in English? I forgot. Uh, stock. That's Big, the word. Okay, so you've got uh, a lot. You got a yeah, lot of Penzance yeah, stored yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so you're that I, you're pulling I, from. I yeah, that's good it, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's very good stuff. Uh, but I smoke. Uh, Almost everything because I, um, well, talking about English and Virginia mixture, I don't smoke aromatics. Uh, talking about, well, different kinds of tobaccos, I smoke almost everything. I try, I like to try, I like to try different kinds of tobaccos. If I, to, if I have to say my favorite one is the Penzance, but I have tried hundreds of different tobaccos. Are you, do you smoke more English? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if you're gonna smoke uh, two or three pipes more than any others, which ones are you gonna grab? Uh, are you talking about shapes? No specific. Well, um, yeah, let's go with shapes first, and then we'll get into specifics. Yes, shape. One of the shape I well, well forget about the chubbies now for a while. Uh, one of the shape that I really love is the Castello Fifty Five. That's the a big part in my collection. I actually have uh, more than 35 Castellos 55s in my collection. That's the only shape I kept uh, from the brand. And I started to collect this, the shape from um, other spy makers uh, who are re reproducing the, the most, one of the most, Castello, most famous Castello shape. I really like that, that shape. I really like the pot. Uh, chamber uh, with very thick walls and I think that the eight band shank makes the pipe very comfortable to keep in the mouth and to keep in the hand. Inter I was going to ask you why you like the 55 so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you have two or three specific pipes that, that you go to more than any others? Yeah. I have a nice Radice Rhine oak bill with a very long shank that I really like to smoke because it is 
uh, very dry to smoke. It's a very dry and very cold smoke. I really like that pipe. It's quite big for me, but I smoke that pipe when I just relax uh, during watching TV in the night. See, I was going to say a long shank hawk bill. I would have never guessed that out of you after we're talking about the uh, chubby billiards, right? Yeah. The so you right, you yeah. you like you like that when you're relaxing. Okay. What else? Give me give me two more that you really like to go to. Uh, let me see. Let me see. What, what, well, uh, I actually I'm actually so focused on Arabilla that I'm smoking since three months every day that I almost forgot all the other parts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have well one of the recent. I can tell you um, one of the most recent acquisition for me. It's a nice Kamensky, uh, Stanislav Kamensky. It's a Russian pie maker from Moscow. I got a very nice small uh, quarter band pot. Uh, from from him in St. Peter. Well, he gave that pipe to me in St. Petersburg and I'm smoking it and really enjoyed that pipe with uh, Latakia's mixture. Another one, let me let me see. Um, well, another one, and it was part of the idea for the Aero Billiard was the conducta of Rolando Negoita. Uh, I got that pipe uh, when I visited Rolando in October in his workshop. Rolando and Alexandra, and I got that pipe, and it's it's the pipe that I really enjoy to smoke. Excellent. Tell me one thing about you that most people do not know, or maybe would never guess about you. Maybe people would like to know, or maybe they have no idea that I like guard. I like gardening, and I have a very big garden. Really, in Milan, uh, with a very small house. Uh, well, it's not an house, it's a small apartment with a huge garden, and I really I love to take care of that. Uh, Who takes care of your garden while you're gone? Uh, the automatic, uh, I don't know how you say, in... in, uh, you ha- in oh, you have an automatic way. irrigation yeah, system yeah, that, that yeah, waters yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, what do you grow? I have more than 100 different plants over there. Uh, flowers, uh, trees fruit, I also have some vegetables that I grow myself, and I really love to, to do this, and it really relaxes me. Wow, that's great, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would have never guessed that, that's, that's very good, very good. You always have some very big project on the horizon, so what is, what is your next exciting big project? I just released a, one of the bigger projects for 2013. So uh, let me relax a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm already. I can tell you. I can tell you something, but I will not uh, talk about that. Uh, I have a huge uh, exchange of emails with Greg Peace again. Excellent. So it sounds like we can be looking forward to uh, maybe a new design or maybe something totally different. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> He's playing it close maybe, to the we, vest. Maybe we, we don't know. We maybe we, we Greg and I don't know yet. Maybe. Excellent, yeah. excellent. That sounds very promising. Um, Luca, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to chat with me here in Chicago at the 2013 show. It has been absolutely my pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. I really appreciated it. And that was my chat with Luca Di Piazza of NeatPipes.com fame. There is just a ton of pipe history floating around that guy, and what a pleasant person and good friend he is. Check out NeatPipes.com, 
and sign up for his email newsletters. Lucas sells some unique and amazing pieces day in and day out. Grab one and let me know what you get. Well, that was a fascinating podcast, and I hope that you liked it too. Don't forget to check out PipesAndTobaccosMagazine.com for subscriptions, back issue orders, or Pipe of the Year orders. Like I said, this year is Rad Davis, which is just great. Rad is an amazing carver and a great guy too. There are still some older Pipe of the Year pipes still available as well. Grab those too while you can. Well, anyway, thanks for joining me today. This is Oli for Oompal.com wishing you very good luck deciding which one of the many pipes over at meatpipes.com will be next in your collection. <laughs>